0: Are you dissatisfied with your smutty literature? Are you tired of reading about muscled beefcakes making love to breathy women with their heaving bosoms? Do you want to leave the path of the straight and narrow and find a path that's a little more queer? Cattywampus and Dame Edward are here to guide you down that path as we read you erotic
1: stories with a whole rainbow of different lead characters. That's right. We're going to read you Queer Erotica and giggle the whole way through. Join us as we explore every possible pairing of genders we can find. Kinks, fantasies, fun, and sometimes even love. This is the Cast.
0: Hello. Welcome to the Queer Cast.
1: Episode nine.
0: I'm Caddy Wampus. And I'm Dame Edward. Today for our intro, we have a few announcements. First one is that we had a very lovely shout out from another podcast. They're called My First Fan Fiction. And they came up with this really great idea that every episode they want to give a shout out to another indie podcast and really build the community. And I think that's so great. And we're really happy to have been featured by them. Yes, thank you so much. That's awesome. So you can follow them on Twitter at MyFirstFanPod. And you can find them on Spotify at MyFirstFanFiction.
1: Go give a listen to them. They're hilarious. Right now. (laughs) Hit pause. Don't actually do that. Finish this episode. Yeah, finish this episode. And make them the next in your queue (laughs) for you dedicated podcast listeners out there. You know who you are.
0: Another thing we wanted to talk about is our schedules. Yeah. (laughs) This episode is coming out later than we normally want it to. Uh, We try to stick to every other Thursday. But, you know, we are both professionals with full-time jobs, and sometimes we get sick, and sometimes things come up, and we fall behind.
1: Yeah, and for those of you who follow me on Twitter, or, well, no, you did that nice little retweet. That was cute. Mm -hmm. I'm going to graduate soon. Like, defend my thesis, graduate soon. Yes. Like, the summer.
0: They're going to be Dr. Dame. I'm so excited. The Dr. Dame. But with that fancy title comes a whole lot of
1: work. That's a lot of responsibility that I'm very, very ready to be through with, but only have a few months left.
0: So we're going to do our best to stick to our schedule and get things out. But we might end up taking a break for a little while or I might end up doing some solo episodes with guests we're not really sure how we're going to handle it of course I love Dame I love having them on here with me
1: I never want to do an episode without them but we just got to figure out what we want to do yeah and I don't want to not do episodes with Caddy yeah I don't want to not be here for you listeners but Judy calls yes the science world needs more Dame I guess I'm so tired (laughs) but it's okay Light at the end of the tunnel. I'm very excited to be getting my PhD done out the door, getting an adult job, continuing the podcast. But Mm -hmm. to do all of that, I have to be mindful of my time and respectful of my time. And also, we want to make sure we keep putting out good, solid content for you folks out there. And we can't do that if we're super harried by our schedules.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No one wants to listen to a podcast where we're going, I'm so tired we want to keep a lot of good content and energy into what we're giving to you. So.
1: Yeah. So thanks for your understanding. We'll keep you folks posted. Of course for right now, we're just going to go with the flow and see what happens.
0: Yes. And we're also still working really hard on getting our Patreon up and running and getting our website up and running. So keep an eye on our Facebook and Twitter for those announcements. And of course, once it's all official, we'll say it on the podcast as well.
1: Yes. Next order of business. Last episode, I gave a shout-out to a company called Bad Dragon. You monster fuckers in the audience might know what that is. But basically, they provide extremely specialized dildos and other novelty items. Mm -hmm. And I said specifically, I would rather give my money to Bad Dragon than to Amazon. But I learned recently that Bad Dragon has an asterisk on its name for a number of reasons I'm not going to get into here. And they have a certain shady history and past that people should be aware of. Apparently this is a common thing that a lot of monster fuckers run into where they're like, ah, bad dragon. I purchased something from them. And then they find out about this later. And it's kind of awkward to find out about, but Mm -hmm. like, just like anything that you end up liking and then finding out something not awesome about it, you go, okay, well, I didn't know. And now I do. And now I know that that has an asterisk associated with it. If you want to DM me personally, my Twitter for the receipts on that, I can give you that info, but I don't want to go into it too deeply here. So just so you know, that's where I stand on Bad Dragon now. Kind of a bummer.
0: It's always sad when you think something positive
1: turns out to be not so positive. Yeah. But hey, knowledge is power. And it's up to you what you do with that. Yes. Next order of business. I want
0: to tell a story. This story is about how a podcast changed my life. And not this one. A different one. (laughs) Although this one has had a pretty big impact on my life, too, in mostly positive ways. Yeah. While the Queer Autocast was just a twinkle in our eyes <laughs> before we started talking in your ears every other week, I was already a very avid podcast listener, and one that I really enjoy listening to is called Hanalize This. It's run by Hannah Hart and Hannah Gelb. Hannah Hart has a very famous YouTube channel called My Drunk Kitchen. If you haven't heard of it, I don't know where you've been for the past, like, eight years on the internet. Their podcast is kind of a lifestyle podcast, and they did an episode where another YouTuber came on. Her name is Jessica McCabe, and she runs a channel called How to ADHD. And she started talking about her experience with ADHD. And she brought on this checklist from a website called Attitude, but it's spelled with two Ds. So it's ADDitude. Get it? <laughs> That's pretty good. So she was going through this checklist, and I'm laying in bed listening to it. And I start just feeling so much anxiety because I related to so many parts of this checklist. And so then I started watching her YouTube channel, and I related to a lot of that as well. So then I started doing some more digging and found out that I have all of the symptoms of ADHD inattentive type, and I've just been flying under the radar my whole life. I think it's just really amazing that this podcast community has done something for me that I never could have done on my own, and what's really wild is... I work in mental health. I diagnose people and I didn't see this in myself until I started listening to that podcast. And then once I did see it, I couldn't unsee it. Mm-hmm. So I went to a therapist and I talked to her about it. And she was kind of like, I don't think you have it. I think you have these other things. So then I went to my doctor and I talked to her about it. And she was like, I'm going to refer you to someone else. And it was this whole big thing and it took months but I finally got a diagnosis and I do have ADHD. And actually today is my first day of taking Adderall and it is amazing. I mean, I know I'm probably going to reach some sort of homeostasis at some point where I feel a little bit more normal, but I have so much more energy. I can chain my thoughts together in order. I like got work done today. It's an amazing thing to figure out your own mental health And find a treatment that works for you. And I just, I really want to share that. And I also know that taking stimulants and having a diagnosis of ADHD is really stigmatized. And I think the only way we can fight that is by talking about it. Because it's not a little kid illness. And I'm not a
1: drug abuser. I'm taking a medicine that helps me. And you're here telling your story. Putting it out into the world and giving it a presence.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's also worth mentioning that I've also been diagnosed with major depressive disorder and generalized anxiety disorder. And in addition to Adderall, I take sertraline, which is an SSRI. And it's really not a big deal. Not a big deal. If you can't make your own serotonin, Storbod is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you for the kindergarten reference. (laughs) (laughs) That's how mental health relates to podcasting. But it also relates to sex, which is the other thing we like to talk about. In a big way. In a big way. So there are a lot of different ways that mental health can affect sex, especially for women. Mm -hmm. I think achieving orgasm is really, really hard if you're horribly depressed or you're feeling shame or if you're anxious or if you feel pressured to have an orgasm or if you feel anxious about the pressure that you're feeling to have an orgasm. (laughs)
1: I want you to know that I came out to record this podcast and have a good time. And I'm feeling really <laughs> attacked right now.
0: It's really hard to live with a mental illness and still do things that like you enjoy. Sex included. Sex included. It's a big one. And then even when you get treatment, a bunch of antidepressants also have sexual side effects.
1: Yeah, sexual dysfunction is one of the biggest side effects associated with certain medications.
0: Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated when I... So I've been on two different antidepressants in my life. One of them wasn't working for me, so I switched to a different one. And I found out after I got off of citalopram that it had all of these sexual side effects. And I found that out because when I switched to a different one, it was the first time a doctor had talked to me about when you're on this, it could take you longer to orgasm. And I want to tell you this ahead of time because a lot of people get anxious because it's taking longer, and then it makes the problem worse. And I thought it was really amazing that he actually took the time to see me as a full person who might have sexual desires, which I don't think a lot of doctors do.
1: No, they definitely do not. I have been to gynecologists who minimize my sexuality as a human being in relation to certain conditions I have because of their own views about sex, and that's weird to me. Or rather, I find that unnecessary and, like, frankly, unhelpful to their, like, whole realm of the human body and right. unrealistic. I've also had plenty of gynecologists who are like, no, you are a sexual creature. Empower yourself. Here's this birth control. Here's this, like, thing that you need to have a fulfilling and enjoyable sex life. Make it happen. But that actually, I feel like, is not the norm.
0: Yeah. Uh, not to mention, when I got my IUD, my gynecologist was like, oh... Did your partner feel anything? Like, like did he feel the strings when you had sex? Like, when I went back for a follow-up. Mm. And I was like, well, no. Because there has not been a penis inside of me that is made of
1: flesh. Only silicone. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely felt it. <laughs> Versus my current gynecologist... I got my IUD out for a number of health reasons Mm -hmm. that I think I'm hoping it will help. And I just told my gynecologist, like, look, there are no penises going in me right now for various reasons that you understand. Who knows if this is even what I need in my life right now? Because I'm definitely not using it for baby purposes. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I need it for hormonal purposes anymore. So, like, let's just take this out. So I'm interested to see... Maybe this will, because for those of you who don't know, hormonal birth control can affect your sex drive. I'm curious to see what that'll do for me, if anything. Mm -hmm. As I've talked about in the last intro, I have a condition that makes certain types of sex difficult for me and painful for me. And, you know, I'm curious to see if taking my IUD out will help that, which would certainly help my sex life and my mental health associated with my sex life in certain ways. Because for those of you who don't know, Another common thing that affects sex drive in regards to mental health is a chronic pain condition. Because, you know, if your body hurts all the time, who wants to have sex? Yeah. And not that people who have chronic pain conditions don't have sex or don't want to have sex. But I always find that, personally, that's an extra layer of, I don't want to deal with this shit for me.
0: And ultimately, humans are social creatures. and For most of us, sex is a fundamental part of our mental health and social well-being. And even people who don't have sexual desire, you know, you still need a hug or a cuddle or a handshake or boop from a dog nose or like... Crisp high five. Yeah, you know, something every once in a while. And when you're deprived of that
1: fundamental need for touch, it can really affect you. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, what you brought up is a good thing. So like your interpersonal relationships in regards to how those get tangled up in your mental health and your sex life, your interactions with your sex partners can absolutely fundamentally influence one, your mental health, and then cycle back around to your sex drive or how you feel about your sexuality or your sexual engagements with that person. As someone who's been in very toxic sexual relationships in the past, I can tell you like certainly that had an impact on how I viewed myself, how I viewed my sexuality, how I expressed it to other people that I had healthier sexual relationships with in the future.
0: Yeah, I relate to that a lot.
1: And I think, unfortunately, that's a super common thing for people who are women or people who are socialized as women, which is a whole other topic in and of itself that I'm sure we could probably expand upon at some point. Yeah. Oh, one story that I'm reminded of that's highly relatable, and I think for me and can maybe to you and for this topic is a BuzzFeed article (laughs) entitled, I think it's like a hundred things somebody who's anxious thinks while having sex or something like that. (laughs) And the first one in all caps is here we go. (laughs) (laughs) And I have never related to something so hard in my life because, yep. Oh, here we go is the first thing that I think. In any sexual encounter. And not in a bad way. It's just, it's this like underlying bass note that my brain is like, oh, here we go. Mm -hmm. Like I could be the horniest person in the world. Be ready to throw down with somebody for sex. And that note would still be playing in my brain. Somewhere in a tiny corner. (laughs) There's a small dame going, oh, here we go. This is a very mental health aware podcast, I feel like, because it influences our life.
0: Every day. Every day. All the time. Every thought that I have is filtered through this depressed, anxious, distracted lens. hmm And, like, I, I make jokes about it, and I kind of, like, personify my mental illnesses as a way to cope with it. Like, I talk about, like, I have a depression sloth, and I have anxiety bees, and yep. I have a chaos gremlin. And that's just, like... The part of who I am and while I absolutely have benefited from treatment and like I'm very happy to have gotten the treatment that I've gotten and to be at a level that I'm at where it's affecting me pretty minimally, my mental illnesses have shaped who I am as a person and Mm -hmm. I don't think you can extract
1: that from my personality. Agreed. I agree with that statement wholly and say it is also reflective of my experience. Anything we talk about comes through that lens.
0: To sum up, podcasting is great. It's a great way to kind of just like crowdsource useful information. Check out How to ADHD and analyze this. If you suspect that you have a mental illness, please seek treatment. Yeah.
1: You know, the worst they can do is say, I don't think you have that, you know? And personally, as a chronic pain patient, I can tell you being an advocate for yourself as a patient is so critical. It's exhausting. But mm-hmm. just like in Caddy's story, she had to keep going back. She kept pursuing this thing. And I will
0: also add that being a white person with a respected job definitely helped me because our system is an inherently racist and classist system. And if you are a person who doesn't feel safe going to the doctor or being vulnerable in that way because of your
1: lived experience, like, I get that, too. That's a major part of it. We could, again, have a whole other episode (laughs) about how the medical profession marginalizes individuals based on their gender and ethnicity Mm -hmm. and sexuality. Yep. because and, and
0: ability and like anything that you can be discriminated for, the medical profession has discriminated someone about. Almost
1: like just maybe the medical profession has a lot of old white dudes. What? A lot of hetero patriarchal bullshit in the medical profession. Although I have had terrible experiences with doctors who are women as well. So even women can do it too.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, we were all raised in the white supremacist heteropatriarchy. We all have implicit bias.
1: Yes, therefore we are not immune to its... Charms is not the word. (laughs) Subjugation. (laughs) Yep. Influence. We're not immune to its influence. Yeah, so, sorry, uh, we were trying to sum up and we went off on another tangent. (laughs) I have so many thoughts and feelings about that, (laughs) so I am not sorry about it.
0: no. Seek treatment if you feel safe seeking treatment. And if you don't, the internet is a beautiful place. And I have found a lot of other people in the ADHD community and in other communities that have been really supportive. And if you can't afford or access treatment, finding other people who have gone through the same
1: thing is a really powerful thing.
0: It can really help. We should also talk about the story for today.
1: I guess. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, we should. Today, we are finishing Horatio Slice.
0: Sort of. This is our last episode of Horatio Slice because we ran out of chapters that are free on Bellisa. Maybe someday, if Oleander adds more, we can do another segment on Horatio. We'll play it by ear. Mm-hmm. But for now, we've had a wonderful ride, Horatio, and we're ready to move on. Oh, also, just want to plug Oleander Plume and her book... Horatio Slice, Guitar Slayer of the Universe, published by Go
1: Deeper Press. Rock on. Slay. Raise your horns. So tags. Tags and content. Science fiction. <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: men loving men. Not actually any, like, very explicit sexual activity.
1: In yeah, this spoiler one. alert. Furry pink handcuffs. Yeah. They were pink, weren't they?
0: There is a spider near a so, mouth.
1: Arachnophobes, <laughs> beware. <laughs> yes. I was not prepared. I was not okay. There's some gender nonconforming aliens. Hashtag genderfuckery.
0: I mean we call it gender nonconforming because we have our earth ideas of gender,
1: but on Humeria, that's just their gender. And that's really cool.
0: I think that's it. Enjoy these last two chapters of Horatio Slice.
1: Take it away.
0: Horatio Slice. Confessions of a space pirate. By Oleander Plume, Chapter Eight. Horatio slice, but I save your life. So, just to remind everyone where we left off, they went through a portal into Monsterland and Turplin. Yes, Monsterland. That's what I said. <laughs> yes, uh, to get some super valuable eggs, and everybody dies when they do this. But Horatio has a magic guitar, so they lived. And then they did a whole deal to get paid for the eggs, but then they tried to short them. So then there was an orgy, and everyone was gooey.
1: Monster and it goo. Was,
0: and it was gross but sexy. And then, in the very last line, they went back into the ship. To and there clean was, up. Yes. And there was a gunshot.
1: Dun-dun. dun Let's find out what happened.
0: All right. Twelve string at the ready, Horatio charged through the open doorway. Suki, still holding a smoking gun, stood with his back pressed against the wall while a lizard the size of a mountain lion snipped at his crotch. Yay. Okay. Like a... like a puppy. Cute. How the hell did that thing get in here? Shut up and help me, Suki shouted. Not caring what chord he played, Horatio frantically strummed, wincing at the raucous feedback that blared from his guitar. The creature exploded into bite-sized chunks and sprays of blood that spewed in all directions. When the air cleared, he saw Suki sitting on the floor, ashen-faced and covered in gore. You're welcome, Horatio said. Groaning, Suki spit out a piece of lizard guts and then wiped his chin with the back of one hand, all while glaring at Horatio. I'm welcome? I'm welcome? Look at my room! It's dripping with monster entrails! Yeah... Glad I didn't take a shower yet, Horatio said, flicking a piece of what appeared to be brain matter off his guitar. So gross. He heard stomping before Snake appeared in the doorway. I heard a shot and... What the bloody hell happened here, Snake said, arms waving. Suki pointed his gun at Horatio. This asshole trashed my room. (laughs) I think you're focusing on the wrong point here, Suki. Yeah, but I saved your life first, Horatio said, pulling Snake in front of him as a shield. Snake held his arms out and told Suki to put the gun down. I don't care about the mess in your boudoir. I want to know what happened. Yes. Thank you, boudoir. Amazing. (laughs) Some freaky lizard crawled into my room and tried to eat my dick. That's what happened. I tried firing at it, but the damn thing was bulletproof.
1: Clearly, Suki should have been wearing a strap on.
0: Yes. Where is your baguette bag full of dicks, Suki? Where is your tearaway dick? <laughs> so I would assume that this monster came from Turquim, since they're all dick eating monsters.
1: Yeah, it might have slipped through, but I don't know. Weren't the. Wait, didn't they go to get eggs though? Like egg shaped gem things? Well, no, the eggs are made of jade. I mean, unless there's actually a secret about the eggs and they hatch into something.
0: Uh, we'll find out.
1: I tried firing at it, but the damn thing was bulletproof. Or you missed,
0: Horatio said, feeling brave since Snake was in front of him. Horatio, you cinnamon roll. <laughs> Suki fired a shot at a piece of green glass that was stuck into the carpet, turning it into dust. I never miss. Green glass, you say? Hmm. Wait, Horatio said. That green thing—it looked like a bit of eggshell. Snake finished.
1: Where's the other egg? Horatio asked. Shit. This is like—it's just giving me alien vibes. Although obviously the eggs and alien were in no way mistakable for rarity. Rarities are valuables. They were obviously eggs, and the assholes stared at them. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about how everybody ignored every level of responsibility in alien. Please continue. You're so cute when you get passionate about sci-fi movies. Thank you. You're so smart. You already predicted immediately that it would come from the egg. I mean, it's a pretty common sci-fi trope. It is. Hints me immediately launching into a discussion about (laughs) Alien.
0: (laughs) Horatio ran after Snake as he dashed out of the room towards the elevator, noticing that the lizard had left a trail of its emerald-colored shell behind. On the way upstairs, Snake explained that instead of safely stowing the eggs in the ship's treasure room, he wanted to keep them close, because they matched Sugar's eyes. So sappy. Very sappy, but very cute. Close turned out to be his and Sugar's bedroom. Barging in, Horatio's anxiety over dick-eating reptiles disappeared when he saw Sugar. Clad in only skin-tight yoga pants, Sugar was bent at the waist, palms against the floor, delectable ass facing the doorway. Hot damn, Horatio exclaimed. Just attention span like a goldfish,
1: Horatio. You got to be like hot damn, just like that. Oh, I didn't say it hot damn enough. Never hot mind. damn! There we go. That's okay. a sexy hot damn. All My right. hot damn was more like a. You just won a round of gambling. Hot damn! Hot damn, boy Skippy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're a prospector who just struck gold. <laughs>
0: Now I'm gonna have Hot Dim by Ivy Levant stuck in my head all day. Hmm. She also goes by the Dame. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Sugar stood up quickly. Does anyone ever knock around here? He shrieked. Oh, I should say that better. Sugar stood up quickly. Does anyone ever knock around here? He shrieked. Good god. <laughs> no time to explain! Snake grabbed the remaining egg from its display stand and smashed it against the floor. Instead of releasing a lizard, the egg split in half, showing off a solid core. Huh, Snake said, scratching his head. Congratulations, you just ruined a billion-dollar egg, Sugar said. Now it's only worth half a million. <laughs> Horatio told Sugar about Suki's near-death experience. Figures we'd pick the one egg that would turn out to be an actual egg. Snake smiled at Horatio. Want to go back and get another? "'No fucking way,' Horatio said. "'He went back to his room and took a long, hot shower. "'When he emerged from the bathroom, clad only in a towel, "'he noticed a tray of food on his bed. "'And Suki.' Mm. "'You lost?' Horatio asked the sexy blonde. "'Suki poured a glass of wine and offered it to Horatio. "'You saved my life. "'I figured the least I could do was feed you.' "'Horatio drained half the wine in one gulp. "'He set his glass on the bedside table "'and sat on the bed as far away from Suki as possible.' Are you armed? Oh, I'm armed, all right, Suki said,
1: patting his dick. I was about to say, with that dick. (laughs) I was going to say that for either feeding or armed, so. Mm Mm-hmm. Just saying. Also
0: freshly showered, Suki wore a tailored suit in coal black, paired with the sky blue silk shirt unbuttoned to the waist. The toned body underneath made Horatio salivate. So, uh, how about that lizard, huh? Horatio mumbled. Freaky, right? It was hard talking to Suki because Suki wasn't an ordinary dude. Suki was some sort of ethereal being or an angel only wrapped in Armani and dipped in crazy. That's a sentence. I love it. Horatio could have stared into those green eyes forever if he wasn't distracted by the naked dick that poked through the front of
1: Suki's trousers. A dick Horatio wanted to lick from top to bottom. You know, I actually only like to lick dicks from top to about midway through. Only that, though. Nothing else.
0: Does that depend on the size of the dick,
1: or is it any size dick you're just, like, halfway? I was being facetious. Oh, okay. I always wanted to see how, I wanted to see how, um, long I could keep my face straight and keep the ruse going.
0: You were very good at deadpanning. Thank you. It's because I'm dead inside right now. (laughs) (laughs) You had me fooled. I mean, as we all know,
1: dick ain't really my thing. No, I completely forgot. (laughs) Please, go on. (laughs) Continue. Kill surprise!
0: (laughs) (laughs) See anything you'd like to have in your mouth? Suki asked. Horatio stared at Suki's crotch. Hells yeah! I meant the food I spent an hour preparing, Suki said, his tone turning from sultry seducer to pissed-off tyrant. Good job, Suki. Priorities. Priorities. You can't show up in my bed looking like that with your dick out like that and not expect me to think about sex first, was what Horatio wanted to say. Instead, withering under Suki's glare, he reached for a sandwich, trying to hide the tremor in his hand. Suki, quite frankly, scared the crap out of him. Good boy, Horatio. Good boy. (laughs) This looks amazing, Horatio finally managed to say. It tastes even better, Suki said, now sliding his fingers up and down his silky dick and meaty with a creamy finish. Ugh. Oh. Before he could say something stupid, Horatio shoved the sandwich into his mouth and took a bite, groaning with pleasure as his taste buds exploded. Tender roast beef, chewy bread, and some sort of secret sauce, Suki hadn't made him a mere sandwich. Suki had created edible art. I'm getting turned on like those crepes again. <laughs> Between bites, Horatio asked Suki about a 100 questions. You have roast beef in outer space? This isn't outer space, dumbass. This is in Suki said, refilling Horatio's wine. So you have cows out here? Where else would one acquire beef? Horatio helped himself to another sandwich. Look, all I've known is Earth, so it's hard to wrap my brain around the fact that I'm in another dimension, eating what looks like Earth food with a guy who... He stopped talking and licked his lips. Who what? Who looks like no human I've ever met before. Horatio shook his head. Where the hell do you come from? I mean, you're fucking perfect, like maybe you were created in a lab or something. Suki took a sip of wine before answering. I'm from Humeria, where everyone looks like me. Since we all look the same, appearance doesn't really mean anything. I had no idea how devastatingly attractive I was until I traveled to other dimensions. Grinning, Suki tipped his glass in Horatio's direction. Watching people trip over their feet when they see me? Priceless. Back on Earth, people tell me I'm good-looking, but out here, I feel like a troll. Oh, honey, you're no troll. Deciding modesty might be the way to Suki's heart, Horatio put on his most innocent expression and asked, You really think I'm sexy? With a roll of his eyes, Suki set his empty glass on the tray. You need to learn how to embrace your hotness. Take me. I know I can go anywhere in the universe and get anything I want, just because of this face and this body. Isn't that taking advantage of people? Suki cackled. Duh, that's the point. With one smooth move, he yanked off Horatio's towel. And right now, I'd like to take advantage of you. Ooh, naughty. <laughs> Horatio leaned back against the pillows that spanned the headboard and folded his arms across his chest.
1: I'm not that easy, honey. Woo me. Lies. Liza lies and Manelli lies. Horatio slice. Yeah, he. You've already fucked each other. I mean, well, I guess Suki kind of fucked Horatio. All it took was a normal-looking hand <laughs> waggling through a glory hole and making a sexy humming sound to get Horatio to take his dick out. Well, maybe...
0: I was about to say, maybe he learned his lesson, but then I remembered, like, ten minutes ago, he
1: had a orgy thing, so... The narrator in that tweet we got added in. Did you see that one? No. Oh, God. There was one where it was like, narrator voice. But Horatio had not learned his lesson. Yes.
0: This is true. Horatio
1: has not learned his lesson. It's okay. I have the same narrator voice in my life when somebody says, how are you? And I say, fine. And the narrator says, in fact, not everything was fine. True. (laughs) True. Yeah,
0: I also have the narrator voice. That's because I say to myself things like, I don't need to do this now. I can do it later. And the narrator says, she
1: will not do it later. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how that pile of laundry came to be. That's how my pile of laundry came to be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Judging from the sparkle in his eyes, Horatio figured he'd stumbled across one of Suki's secret erogenous zones, namely being turned down. Luckily, Horatio's limp dick added to the ruse. Oh, I'll woo you, all right. Suki stood up on the bed. I'll woo you so hard you'll come without my even touching you. He turned his back to Horatio and slipped off his jacket. You want to see this body? Uh, yeah, of course I do. Horatio said, hoping his voice didn't crack. Suki was sexy. Suki was seductive. Suki was just about to take off his pants when the events of the day caught up with Horatio. He felt his eyes grow heavy. Take it off, baby,
1: he mumbled. This is a fucking mood. (laughs) Good God.
0: Suki swiveled his hips while unbuckling his belt, causing his pretty dick to jiggle wildly. Horatio wanted to suck that dick, but the pills were so soft and the room so warm, he slipped into a deep sleep. When he finally came to, Horatio found himself handcuffed to the headboard
1: and alone. You know... Just when I think Horatio and I don't have a lot in common, something like this happens. Do you think
0: maybe he wasn't just naturally sleepy? Was there maybe something in the food? Could be. Is this some sort of weird prank that Suki is playing as revenge for Horatio ruining his bedroom?
1: Oh, could totally believe that. I believe all of the crew... Thus far, except for, like, sweet, sweet Slash, who we never see anymore, (laughs) are just, like, petty bitches. (laughs) Although, who knows? Maybe Slash is also a petty bitch. Time for Chapter 9. Horatio
0: Slice. Invisible Pants. Once he'd blinked the sleep from his eyes, Horatio tilted his head back and smiled when he saw the fuzzy pink handcuffs circling his wrists. Cute. Whoa, didn't know you were this kinky, Suki, but I'm game, Horatio said. He tested the cuffs, but the chain looped around the slats of the wrought iron headboard was strong, making escape impossible. Suki? You in here? So mean. <laughs> Although, obviously, I would, in real life, I would want it negotiated beforehand instead
1: of just done to me. But, like, this is a fantasy of mine. Oh, noted. <laughs> Okay, so I will potentially drug your food or wine. No, not the drug part. I know, I know. I was being <laughs> that. That was... We'll negotiate beforehand, Then I'll drug you. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Somewhat related. There was this horror story I read about that someone forwarded me from Reddit where some LARPers got knocked out by their GM for, like this, like, big final conclusion of their campaign because the GM was going to, like, basically drag their body to a different location and they had no idea that this was going to happen. And one of the LARPers had a sensitivity to the drug and, like, passed out and, like, cracked their head. Yeah. And then the authorities were called and, like, I believe the GM was arrested. But, like, yeah, uh, clearly, you know... Maybe you should tell somebody that you're going to, like, put a drug in their food or water, but maybe actually don't just do it then. Like, maybe you could be like, oh, now I'm going to blindfold you and take you to this other location. Don't just fucking knock your players out or your sex partners, for that matter. We still don't know if that's what happened, but yeah, don't do it. I don't know. Like, don't you want to start a scene with?
0: Ooh, yeah, baby. Get the Ambien.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get get that Benadryl and NyQuil.
0: Horatio lifted his head and cringed when he realized the sun peeking through the drapes was illuminating the room, not the bedside table lamp. Had he really slept through until the morning? "'Sorry I dozed off, but I sure as hell am awake now,' Horatio shouted towards the bathroom where he assumed Suki was. "'You ready for me, babe?' "'I'm ready for you!' Silence. "'Hey, Suki!' Get back here and let me go. I need to pee. See, this would be the unfun part. Oh, which is, which is why in a negotiated scene, and not a an erotica story, the the dom would be within shouting distance.
1: I can't tell you how many times I've tied somebody up only for them to be like, "Oh wait, I have to pee." And you know somebody's been tied up often when they say, "Oh hold on, I'm going to go pee first." Uh huh. That's how you know. Yes. I once tied somebody up, and I had forgotten to take their underwear off, of course, and I had bound their legs. And I think this was the first time I'd ever tied up this person, too. And they were like, oh, amateur hour, I see. (laughs) They said it just to make me mad. They weren't actually saying it maliciously. They were just trying to rile me up, so I'd probably slap them or something, but, like, you know. Was it me? No, it wasn't (laughs) you. They will remain anonymous. (laughs) Although sometimes,
0: even if you pee ahead of time, your bladder can still betray you. Especially if you're like me, and you drink a million cups of coffee every day. Oh, majorly, for sure. Or you're on any kind of diuretic. Uh Uh-huh. Minutes ticked by, Horatio's bladder ached, and he broke out in a cold sweat. To make matters worse, he remembered Suki's sexy strip tease, the one he'd fallen asleep in the middle of, and his dick rose to half-mast. Great. When I piss myself, it'll shoot straight up like a geyser, and I'll be covered in urine, Horatio muttered. The visual calmed his dick right down, but not his anxiety, so he's not into water sports. Good to know. Or at least self-water sports. Which is a thing. Mm -hmm. Struggling wildly, the headboard banged against the wall in time with Horatio's racing heart. When all seemed lost, he heard a knock on the door, followed by Snake's voice. You awake, Guitar Slayer? I need you to help me with another mission. The doorknob jiggled. It's locked. You need to let me in. "'Kinda tied up right now,' Horatio huffed. "'Okay, then,' Snake sounded confused. "'I'll come back later.' "'No, I mean I'm literally tied up. Get in here and help me.' "'I can use vampire magic to open her up, but it'll scorch the woodwork, "'and then Suki will have my head on a plate,' Snake said. "'Open the fucking door, Snake!' "'Horatio heard the door pop open, "'and Snake saw footfalls across the carpet before he came into view, "'surrounded by a hint of smoke.' He stopped at the foot of the bed and laughed when he saw Horatio's current condition. That's an interesting bit of vampire lore. I dig it. Blimey, I'm sure there's an interesting story to go with all this. Gotta be really bad, Horatio said breathlessly. He jiggled the cuffs. Can you get these off without setting me on fire? Snake scowled. Of course. You're not made of wood
1: now, are you? What? Maybe... Why was I supposed to say humans are flammable? technically (laughs) i don't know i don't know how this vampire power
0: works he waved a hand over the restraints and they fell away horatio jumped out of bed and ran to the toilet sighing contentedly as he relieved himself thanks vampire i owe you one horatio shouted over the toilet's flush when he walked back to the bedroom still naked he found snake lounging on the bed and twirling the handcuffs around one finger i'm keeping these snake said to use on you later Fine by me, but first I need to call my band. They're probably wondering what the fuck happened since I've been gone for two days already. A lot has happened in these two days. That's an intense two days. Horatio has had so much sex in two days. High five, man. Yeah. With every unsuccessful attempt to call his bandmates, Horatio grew more anxious. He paced the room, trying every contact listed, even his hairdresser. You won't be able to call anyone, Snake said. Meridian sealed off the Earth gate, remember? fairly certain i mentioned that remember snake horatio was slow on the uptake yes feeling like he might cry horatio sat on the bed next to snake and ground the heels of his hands into his eyes what am i gonna do should i turn myself in oh poor horatio i know. sweet baby no snake growled meridian is a madman we need to find out why he's after you in the first place then we'll figure out a plan to get you home The way Snake caressed his shoulders calmed Horatio. Maybe he is a Monotony fan and just wants my autograph, he said, hopefully. That's cute. He sucked you through a portal and dropped you into a jail cell? I think it's safe to say Meridian wants more than your signature. Horatio closed his eyes and leaned into Snake when he switched from rubbing his shoulders to stroking his hair. But what if he shows up here? I did a superlative job of convincing him that you're not on my ship. He's most likely traipsing all over Morona searching for you. Stupid sod. Snake gave Horatio a peck on the cheek. Like I told you already, until we get all this sorted, the boys and I will take exceedingly good care of you. But in the meantime, who's to say we can't have a little fun? Horatio licked Snake's earlobe. He smelled delicious, like coffee, vanilla, and sex. That does sound delicious. Sounds great. Naked fun? I could go for that right now. As could I, but first, let's have some fun making tons of cash. Snake pulled away from Horatio and got off the bed. Get dressed, and I'll tell you about our next mission. Miffed that Snake had rebuked his advances once again, Horatio refused to put clothes on and instead laid back against the pillows, trying to appear seductive. Seemingly undaunted, Snake dug through a pile of clothes on Horatio's dresser. How about these? Snake held up a pair
1: of black leather pants. Sure, but I don't. Amazing. Say it. Read the line. Sure, but don't I look better in these invisible pants? Horatio asked, stroking his cock. I know I look amazing in invisible pants. I agree with you, Horatio. You rock those invisible pants. You flaunt your invisible pants pride. Everybody, no, no, actually don't everybody do that. That's that's technically illegal in public spaces. Don't do it. Were you gonna tell everyone to take off their pants right now? I was gonna tell everybody to flaunt their invisible pants, but yeah, I think that would be I think that would be in, encouraging misdemeanors across various state lines. All right, well,
0: we'll put a caveat on it. Everyone who is in a safe, private place, put on your invisible pants.
1: Oh, amazing! <laughs> I want to say that for the rest of forever.
0: <laughs> Trust me, lad. You don't want to meet Princess Petal without clothing she related to Princess Peach? Maybe. Is she... Is she one of the princesses from Shira? Even better. That sounds like a she princess, doesn't it? Trust me, lad, you don't want to meet Princess Petal without clothing. She'll eat you alive. Snake put the entire stack of clothes on the bed next to Horatio and demanded he pick out something sexy to wear. Who is this chick and why do I have to dress up for her? Snake explained that Princess Petal was the monarch of a large country called Petulia, And frequently use Snake's pirating services to help her acquire rare and usual items. This time around, she wants us to fetch some sort of magic crown. Snake said, The woman scares me, so I'm bringing you along as bait. Oh, yes. Why me? Well, since you're bi and all, I figured you might be, shall we say, helpful to have along. Oh my god. Oh, you want me to fuck her, Horatio said as he pulled a royal blue shirt over his head. Is she hot? Not exactly. Is she nice? She's a bit daft. How about smart? Not at all. Horatio stood up and zipped his pants. Does she have any redeeming qualities? Really, Horatio, now you turn all picky about where you put your dick? I believe just yesterday I had to rescue you from a flesh eater you let suck you off in a toilet. Thank you, Snake, for saying what we're all thinking. Yep. (laughs) Touché. After stepping into his boots, Horatio held his arms out. Sexy enough? Instead of replying verbally, Snake picked up the handcuffs and smiled while tucking them into the inside pocket of his long leather coat. Let's get you a spot of breakfast and then we can be on our way. The kitchen was, thankfully, empty. Horatio found a pre-made ham sandwich in the fridge and ate it while Snake powered down a cup of coffee laced with a rather large jigger of whiskey. When finished, the pair headed to the cockpit where seven Sugar and styles already sat. Today's suits were navy blue with pinstripes, and each crew member's pants were zipped, which disappointed Horatio, who was always ready for a glimpse of Dick. So where do you think Suki is? Reveling in the fact that he medicaled Horatio for the night. Probably. (laughs) Snake rested his hands on the back of Sugar's chair and kissed his neck. There you are, darling. Did you change your mind about going to Petulia? We're not going to Petulia, Sugar said. We're going to Graphica for supplies. But I need the ship, Snake protested. Sorry, vampire, you'll have to walk, Seven said. He leered at Horatio. Want to come along with us to Grafica? You can sit on my lap during the trip. Horatio was about to take Seven up on his offer, but Snake grabbed his arm and said, Oh no you don't, we had a deal, and you boys will just have to go on your supply run when we get back. This is my ship after all. Sugar Seven and Stiles all turned in their chairs to glare at Snake. Horatio was ready to bolt, but Snake stood his ground. The name is Captain Snake Vinter, in case you all forgot. Emphasis on Captain. Snake punctuated the last word by punching his left fist into his right palm. The boys deepened their glare mollified snake tried begging come on now lads be reasonable leaving for Grafica in five minutes well that was really good oh thank you a feminine robotic voice blared after seven typed in coordinates on the ship's computer give my regards to the princess sugar said with a wave horatio followed as snake stomped to the elevator grumbled as he punched the button for the main floor and whined about the unfairness of it all as they made their way outside once on solid ground snake made a portal after stepping through the gateway, he saw a place he thought looked familiar. Is this the place where we, uh, you know, uh, fooled around the other night? Still scowling, Snake said, Yes, this is Petulia. I thought that name sounded familiar.
1: I totally spaced. It's been weeks.
0: <laughs> Getting here took all of 20 seconds. Why did you put up such a fuss back there? I'm a pirate. Pirates travel by ship. Walking ruins my credibility. Yo, okay, Snake. <laughs> I woke up handcuffed to my own bed, so don't whine to me about anything today, Horatio said, squinting his eyes against the bright sun. Everyone's so sassy to each other. (laughs) Everybody's really cranky in this chapter. (laughs) Bathed in daylight, Petulia was breathtaking, if not a little over the top. Blossoming trees in all colors of the rainbow dotted lush green hills. Birds sang, crickets chirped, and butterflies flitted about their heads. Horatio half expected to see a unicorn or a flock of fairies peeking out from behind the fragrant flowering bushes that lined the path that Snake led them down. When Snake inquired why he had been handcuffed in the first place, Horatio told them the whole story, finishing with a groan. I almost got sucked to death, fought off an army of monsters, fucked two guys, and then saved Suki's life, but he'll hold a grudge because I fell asleep while he tried to seduce me? Seems like a dick move, if you ask me. Suki's psychotic, Snake said with a shrug. So why do you keep him around? He's Sugar's best friend and a proper lay. Horatio stopped dead in his tracks. You and Suki? When? Snake also stopped walking. Let me think. He rubbed his chin. Last time I buggered Suki had to be a few days before you dropped into my life.
1: Okay, so do we think that Suki actually drugged him or if he just actually fell asleep?
0: It sounds like he actually fell asleep.
1: Relatable content.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But is this, is this it? Are we going to find out? Are we going to finally know? Will our questions be answered? I guess we'll, we'll find out. Does sugar know?
0: No. And I'd like to keep it that way. Thank you. Snake snapped. Dude, how can you cheat on sugar with a guy who looks exactly like sugar? That's snake looked ashamed. It's not cheating. If he turned on his heel and resumed walking, it's not cheating. Snake said over his shoulder. "'Oh, yeah? What is it, then?' Horatio trotted after Snake, who was now walking at top speed, as if hoping to leave him behind. First, Sugar and I aren't married. Second, they might all look alike to you, but—' Snake rubbed the back of his head. "'Sorry, they're identical to me as well. He stopped in the middle of the path and held his arms out. "'Try to understand something, Horatio. Once those horny Humerians found out that I have the Umberto, they won't let me be.' "'The Umberto? You mean your freaky eye power thing?' No, my dick. Snake grabbed his crotch. The boys all crave my dick. What?
1: I'm fascinated.
0: (laughs) I'm sickened but curious. Horatio shouted, You're
1: fucking the entire crew? So are you, Horatio. I'm fascinated again because Horatio wants to fuck Snake. But is like, but how can you cheat (laughs) on sugar? (laughs) J'accuse! This is Shacuse. Shacuse, bitch. Yes. Shh,
0: keep your voice down, Snake shot back, shaking a finger at Horatio. And yes, but they're insatiable little devils, a lot of them. I've tried fighting them off. Hell, I've tried buying them off. But once they found out I have it, they won't give me a minute's peace. Horatio leaned against an oak and shoved his hands in the pockets of his leather jacket. Because of the Umberto, please enlighten me. Snake told Horatio a story that made his eyes bug out of his head. Humerian males all possessed a secret pleasure spot, hidden higher in their back passage. Only a lengthy cock could reach it. A cock like snakes. So they have like a super prostate that's more hidden.
1: The way back prostate. (laughs) The far back prostate, if you will. The uber far back prostate. (laughs) Prostate supreme. They
0: claim my dick gives them a much stronger orgasm. How much stronger, Horatio demanded, feeling not only envious of Sugar and the crew, but intensely curious about how Snake's cock would feel inside his ass. Sugar said it's like a regular orgasm times a thousand. You should see them afterward, they purr like kittens. Snake flipped his hair. Good for the ego, I must say. Times a thousand, Horatio shivered. An image formed in his brain. One of Snake sliding his long cock into Sugar's sweet ass, while the petite blonde clawed at Snake's back and moaned in pleasure. Wow. Wow, indeed. Do you have any pics of you fucking Sugar on your phone? Or video? Horatio asked. I might. Snake took his phone out of his pocket and scrolled through the gallery. No!
1: You need to ask permission first!
0: Snake! Well... well
1: Snake might already have permission to share those types of photos and videos. Fair. It's important to point out that just because somebody gave you sexy photos or you took sexy photos with them, even if you're in them, or there's sexy video of any kind, you should always ask that person first to make sure that, that they're okay with you sharing them with other people. Yes. But some couples already have that kind of stuff pre-negotiated.
0: hmm Horatio watched over his shoulder as hundreds of photos whizzed by under Snake's thumb. Wait, go back. Who is that hot-as-fuck blonde dude with the beard? Snake scrolled back. This one? The man in the photo had broad shoulders, a silky-looking beard, narrow green eyes under thick brows, and short blonde hair swept to the side. Yeah, holy hell, who is that hunk? That's Sugar's mother, Lydia. When Horatio said, no fucking way, Snake tapped the screen. See the boobs? He swiped left, and someone identical to Sugar appeared. This is Sugar's father, Lyle. I want to hear the description of Lydia again. Scroll back up. Okay. The man in the photo had broad shoulders, a silky-looking beard, narrow green eyes under thick brows, and short blonde hair swept to the side. Cute! Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a lady with
1: hip facial hair. No, no. Not at all. It makes you wonder if Humerians have, like, appearances and names based on, like, generations or, like, well, by that I mean, like, what year they were born... What part Mm -hmm. of the planet they're born on. I don't know. So many possibilities. Because it's Lyle and Lydia. And then like seven, Suki, Sugar, Styles Slash, Six. Yeah. Maybe it's,
0: yeah, maybe you're right. It's like a generational thing where they all go by the same first letter.
1: But then Sugar is identical to Lyle, but looks different than Lydia. Uh
0: Uh-huh. So maybe all the women look the same as each other and all the men look the same as each other, but the men and women look different from each other.
1: Oh, there we go. That makes more sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you show him the Umberto too? Horatio asked with a snicker. Of course not. Snake stuffed his phone back in his pocket. Damn, Humarians are too gorgeous for words. Do all the chicks look like dudes? Snake nodded. They are taller and bulkier, but curvy all over. Gotta say, I'm on stricky-dicky, but when I met Sugar's mother, I almost, almost took a ride on the other side. Imagine that
1: beard tickling the space between your ass cheeks. Yum. Stricky-dicky. Fucking great. (laughs) Oh, no, but, like, Sugar's mom sounds fucking hot, so, like, Uh I'm here for it.
0: Double yum. Sweating, Horatio took off his jacket. By the way, it's strictly dickly, not stricky-dicky. (laughs) (laughs) But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Whatever. Let's just get on with the business at hand. They walked until the path forked in two directions. Snake turned from left to right, then from right to left. I can't remember which way to turn. Okay, so the conversation ended, but I still don't understand why it's okay for Snake to fuck people in front of Sugar. I. I don't understand.
1: Clearly we just need to read the book.
0: I guess so. Although it might not get explained in the book. Yeah. Just portal closer to the castle, Horatio said. I can't. Petulia Castle is protected by enchantments. We have about a two-mile walk ahead of us, which is the real reason I wanted to use the ship. Horatio headed left. So what? It's beautiful here. Besides, a little fresh air will be good for us. He spotted a large strawberry patch. And look, there are even snacks. Spotting an extra luscious-looking berry, Horatio picked it and held it in front of Snake's face. Don't you love how the strawberries are the same shape as cockheads? One. (laughs) Wanna watch me lick it? Snake put a hand up. I wouldn't do that if I were you. Do you think Horatio's gonna do it anyway and something bad is gonna happen?
1: No. (laughs) Never. Never nonsense (laughs) how could you even accuse horatio of doing something like that
0: i wouldn't do that if i were you ignoring snake's warning called it horatio swiped the strawberry with the tip of his tongue the fruit split open and a fat hairy black spider tried to crawl into his mouth the stuff of nightmares (laughs) holy shit Horatio screamed in fright and spit the creature on the ground before squashing it under a boot heel. I imagine him screaming like um Lucas in Stranger Things. Yep. They're really like high pitch scream. Yep. What the fuck? Does everything turn into a monster out here? Horatio spit three more times while Snakes held his side and laughed. Can't say I didn't warn you. Horatio put his jacket back on. I should have brought my guitar. What else is out here? Poisonous killer bees, but the hives are that way, Snake said, pointing east. Petulia is known throughout the galaxy for their delicious honey. They make about $10 billion a year selling the stuff. He got a faraway look in his eyes. Sugar fancies it. Sometimes he lets me put it on his... Snake adjusted his junk. Put it on his what? Give me details, dude. Snake shook his head, and they resumed walking down endless paths that twisted and turned through the countryside. Dizzy from the fragrant flowers, Horatio made Snake stop when he found a small stream. Can I drink out of this? Or
1: is it shark infested? <laughs> Tiny sharks. <laughs> Baby shark doo doo. No, no, Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. You keep reading. How dare.
0: It's safe. Go ahead. Horatio drank from his cupped hands. The water tasted crisp and clean. When he stood up again, he found Snake intensely staring at him. What? Nothing. You're a handsome bloke, is all. Come on, the castle is beyond these trees right here. Pressing forward, Horatio noticed a strange sound. Snake? Why do I hear bees? Snake put an arm out and stopped Horatio. Because, he whispered, I took a wrong turn. We're not at the castle, we're at the hives. To be continued! No more chapters! Dang! So, this is the last chapter of Horatio that is available on Bellisa. so we're just gonna live forever in mystery about what happens. I assume they escape from bees and Horatio fucks the princess. And eventually snake again, maybe.
1: Yeah, probably. Not a lot of sex in this episode. Yeah, it was kind of tame. Sexy teases. Yeah. Clearly we learned that you have a fantasy to be like left hand wait, no, so left handcuffed on a headboard. Uh-huh. For some previously negotiated but indeterminate amount of time. Uh-huh. Supposedly indeterminate. Indeterminate quotation marks. Yeah. So we learned that sexy thing through a sexy thing. Yes. We learned that Horatio and I are both capable of falling asleep <laughs> while sexually enticed. Yes. Yeah, I don't have that much to say about this episode. We learned that Sugar's mom is super fucking hot. Yes. This is true. And that the Humerians all look alike. Yeah. Well, Humerian women all look the same. Humerian men all look the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we did get a little bit more of the Humerian lore that, like... I thought it was interesting that Sugi was like, I didn't know my looks had an effect until I got out into the universe. Like, I think that's really interesting because most people who are attractive as adults, grew up being, like, cute, or at least as teenagers were, like, attractive then, too. And I feel like that shapes kind of who you are as a person. So it would be interesting to do, like, a case study on Humerians and see, like, what they were like before they left Humeria and what they were like after when they realized they had the power of beauty.
1: Yeah, you could have as many, like, you could get a really good sample size out of that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just an interesting thought, too, because when everybody looks the same, like, what do you presume about attractiveness?
0: Right. I wonder how sexual orientations would change, too. Like, I feel like your attraction would be based more on personality than looks, and how would that affect, like, gender and stuff like that?
1: Everybody's dimmy. Maybe, yeah. Horatio was thinking what we're all thinking. Where are the pics in the video or the scene (laughs) of sugar and snake fucking? Yeah. Asking the right questions. Yes. Clearly, we've learned the importance of invisible pants. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. And how you should rock them when you feel safe, comfortable, and it's appropriate to rock them.
0: Yes. And also, when you're in a foreign place and someone who is local or at least knows that place well tells you not to put something in your mouth, you should fucking listen to them. Mm Mm-hmm otherwise
1: spiders oh well and i guess maybe horatio shouldn't have rocked those invisible pants because snake told him to put actual pants on but like even though snake kind of didn't want him to put pants on but you know it's worth saying yeah so if somebody tells you to put your real pants back on over your invisible pants maybe you should put your real pants back on yeah unless
0: you know them well and can tell that they're joking and or flirting about it
1: yeah Obs.
0: So, yeah, there wasn't that much sexy stuff to talk about in this one.
1: I have a big old hard-on for the roast beef sandwich. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> right, it shows where our priorities are. Well, I'm not a big fan of roast beef. I just like sandwiches. That's true. I could go for a sandwich right about now. <laughs> like a, I could go for some of those crepes right about now. I'm still dreaming yeah. about those.
0: Like a hot sandwich, though. Like a, like a panini.
1: I am a little bit sad that we didn't get to meet Petulia, or Princess Petulia. Princess Petal. Princess Petal. Princess Petal of Petulia. Of Petulia. I'm really sad that we didn't get to meet Princess Petal.
0: Yeah, she sounds interesting, if not pleasant.
1: Yeah, and it makes me wonder if, again, it'll be like one of those gotcha moments where we learn something about her.
0: Yeah, like if she really is like not nice and unattractive or like what is and has no redeeming qualities, what is her backstory? How did she get like this?
1: Also, Patulia sounds like nightmare fairy hellscape type place.
0: Yeah, it, where everything's
1: cute but wants to kill you.
0: It reminds me of the Hunger Games. In the second book, they like have a flashback to a previous Hunger Games where like everything was beautiful and extra brightly colored, and like butterflies were everywhere, and there were like pink squirrels and stuff, but everything was poisonous.
1: Nice. Yeah, I love it when beautiful things are poisonous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess that's that.
0: Yeah, so I think since this is our last Horatio chapters, do we want to, like, rate Horatio overall how we feel about it? Sure. Okay. So much fun. So much fun. This
1: is so much fun to read.
0: Yes. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it overall, even though, like... Because it's very dick-centered, it didn't always get me horny, it always got me happy. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's, it was a really
1: fun read. Fun and playful. Yeah. And there's something to be said for that, for that type of sex. Yeah. Well, if you enjoy erotica in that type of way. Yeah. Because there's some erotica, and again, this is all individual preference, that'll get you hot, 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 hot. And then there's erotica that you're like, this was sexy and fun. I enjoyed this. Yeah, and that's how I feel about Horatio. And, yeah, like, I like the camp.
0: I like the jokes. I like the description of snake. Basically, I
1: just wanted more snake fucking. Mm -hmm. But not the way I want snake fucking. Probably not. (laughs) I want more fangs. Yeah. Well, you know, relatable (laughs) content. Yeah, I loved this. This was great. This is so fun and playful and silly, and the dialogue was fucking superb. The sci fi was fun, the world building was great. I really, I fucking loved the crew so much. Yeah.
0: And I liked how Horatio had a really distinct and consistent way of speaking that made it really fun to voice him.
1: Mm -hmm. I liked the relationship with horatio and the crew Uh snake and the different nuances between the different crew members he talked to and how he talked to snake versus how he talked to them i love it when sex scenes come up spontaneously or for plot reasons especially in sci-fi erotica so that was a super great thing that i loved about this you got me with the whole dick centered thing (laughs) it's true there's a lot of penises in this But great descriptions of oral sex, and even if I'm not super into reading anal sex and erotica, all of the oral sex was so deliciously described, I didn't care that it was a bunch of dudes sucking each other's dicks. Yeah. It was great.
0: Yeah, and throughout this whole thing, we've had a lot of dialogue back and forth with Oleander, and that always makes it feel really good, too, if we have a good relationship with the author and we're having fun talking about the story with each other and... Her talking to us about the podcast, and so, like, that's been a really fun part of it, too.
1: Yeah, that open line slash channel of communication has been great and really a joy and a really fun part of this. Because, like, we do read stories where, like, we have the author's permission, but then we never hear back from them. Right. And they're, like, kind of, like, this faceless entity on the screen that we don't know uh-huh. or on which the other is, side of the internet which is fine Just fine but
0: you know it's cool to have more of a relationship and it's been a really good thing
1: yeah in general i always think it's great when you can learn something or get to know the content creator of the content you're consuming
0: yeah and it's really made me want to read like the horatio novel so mm-hmm. someday when i have the time for that I'll be on my list
1: yeah, when I found that Horatio Hornblower series, it made me laugh really hard. I was trying to find out if there was a physical copy of it, because uh-huh. I thought that would be neat, but I couldn't, I was too distracted and <laughs> forgot to keep looking. Any other thoughts? I think those are the major ones. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm good too. So overall, writing system, hard, wet, soft, dry. I am
0: definitely wet for Horatio overall. Yes. I'm hard for it. And I'm here for it. 10 silicone penis baguettes out of 10.
1: <laughs> 12 out of 12 strings. Yes. One out of one glory hole. Now we're just going to get into like the 12 days of Christmas. But our ratio of slides. eight out of eight crew members. R.I.P. six lizard guards. Oh, no. I miss them <laughs> so much. Even if they weren't real in the first place. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. And thanks again to Oleander. Yeah. You're awesome. Thank you so much.
0: You can follow us at QueeradaCast at Twitter.
1: QueeradaCast on Facebook.
0: And you can email us at QueeradaCast at gmail.com. You can find our podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Thanks, everyone. Bye.